The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, singer-songwriter and author Dennis Jernigan encourages us to help each other as we stumble while running toward Jesus. In other words, if we have been redeemed, don't say what we were redeemed from, how in the world is anyone in that same bondage gonna even know there's hope? And for me, it was bondage. For me, it was a desperate place. For me, it was leading me right to the place of destruction and, and self-destruction. And, and in fact, I wanted to take my life at one point. for joining us. I'm Betty and this is James. And Dennis Jernigan is with us. He's been known in many circles as the psalmist of the 20th century and I'm telling you the man has written some of the greatest praise songs uh, that we will ever sing to the glory of God. Uh, the title of his book, his testimony is Sing Over Me. I think I remember very well the first time Dennis talked about how he really sensed the Lord singing over him. And now that he's had uh, nine children and has five grandchildren, I think he's probably had a, a lot of time to sing over them and sometimes weep over them and laugh with them. And it's an incredible autobiography. He also has, and I really think it's very important, both these books for our day, this documentary really is the story where he goes back to all the areas where he journeyed in his life and tells you what happened there. Uh, Dennis Jernigan uh, will probably tell you how everybody found out about his battle. And uh, it's interesting. I'm always so helpful to everybody on their journey. But he was, uh, was trapped in uh, homosexuality. And I think in our day, and I want everyone to say, I want you to listen to this now. Betty and I have three children and 11 grandchildren. And I really do believe that every one of us must look at every person in whatever battle they're in as though it were our own child, our grandchild, or family member. I want you to welcome someone who's been on that journey, who wants to help everyone in whatever area you are in your life, whatever battle. Would you welcome Dennis Jernigan to life today? We've been, let's say, walking together for a long time. Long time. When we used to do the, the uh, kind of nationwide Bible conferences, yes, anywhere from 10 to 15,000 people. And that's where we introduced you and your music. But I think I did something else for you. <laughs> yes, you, you did. You might want to tell our viewers. Well, in July of 1988, the Lord really called me to tell my story publicly. I thought before I do that, I need to tell my family. And then I need to tell everybody who's connected with my ministry. And at that time, Jeannie and your team were using some of my songs. I thought, well, I'll need to tell and them. they were so doing they, well, weren't they? They were yes. popular. Yeah. My thought was they'll want to quietly take them off the table because I don't want to bring any reproach to his ministry. And so I wrote you a letter just detailing my story in a nutshell. The next thing I know, people are calling me saying, um, you better watch TV because James Robinson's reading your letter. I had a ministry whether I wanted it or not. So <laughs> thanks a lot. No, I really do appreciate that. We, we, we try to launch ministries. Yes. You know, we just want to try to help people. Well, you knocked that one out of the park, buddy. <laughs> All right. Did you imagine then with where you had been, 
where we'd be in America today with the gay marriage and Supreme Court and all the different decisions saying that, you know, we just go for it. And, and how do you think that's actually affecting people who may be, and we're not even allowed to use the word, maybe trapped or held captive or struggling? Those are like words we can't use today. We'll probably find out that, you know, it's illegal to even use them. But did you feel like you were, were trapped or struggling? What, what was going on with you? I felt I want like to use the appropriate words. Sure. When I was a kid, I remember being 10 years old, hearing the men in my church discuss what they thought of homosexuals. I didn't even know what to call myself till that moment. But these are the men who were most like God to me, the men I respected most. And my only conclusion I could come to in that moment was God must hate me because they certainly hate me. If they knew it was me they were talking about, they would disown me. I longed and hoped that somebody would tell me freedom was possible, but I never heard it from the pulpit at all. And all I ever heard was condemnation. So suffice it to say, um, when the Lord did set me free, it happened on November 7th, 1981. Uh, he set me so utterly free in my mind that I, I decided that one day I will tell, I'm not ready for that just yet. In fact, it took me seven years from the moment I was free till I got free enough to tell even anybody in the church. And uh, because I remembered being that kid, wishing somebody would tell me there was hope. And so I decided I'll go down with my dying breath to tell somebody out there there's hope. I can't help those who think that's just the way they are, but I can help those who want out because Jesus did that for me and I want to be a lifeline. So do you think that in today's world you can even be accepted saying there's hope as though they need this hope or this help? And now then we're being told that you can't even imply that they need help. This is simply the way they are. And, and do you believe that? Because that's what you perceived yourself to be. How do we deal with it, Dennis? I, I, I don't, first of all, I don't believe homosexuality was even my big issue. I believe it was something deeper and I got to the root of that issue and to me that was my core identity. I had to come to the place where he's God, I'm not. So if he made me, then he may know little more than I do about what I'm supposed to be like. So I began to seek him. My issue with today's culture, as long as there's freedom of speech in the United States, I'll continue to tell my story and I'll just put this in your pipe so you can smoke it. Even if for some reason that law is changed, I will not stop telling my story. So I'm commanded by God's word. Let the redeemed of the Lord sit quietly on their hands and hope everyone knows they're redeemed. No, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In other words, if we who've been redeemed don't say what we were redeemed from, how in the world is anyone in that same bondage gonna even know there's hope? And for me, it was bondage. For me, it was a desperate place. For me, it was leading me right to the place of destruction and, and self-destruction. And, and in fact, I wanted to take my life at one point. So when I got free... And really the church, though, can contribute to that by being mean-spirited. much so. Or this bullying and, and making fun of people or putting them down, ostracizing them. This is totally wrong. There is nothing biblical or Christian about doing that, period. And I know there are times that we have a tendency to lash out. I've been, I've been guilty of striking sure. back when I've been struck by people who are promoting or trying to shove something down our throat or push us out or telling us we can't say something. We have a tendency to say, well, I must. You just said I'm going to speak. You probably didn't speak as bombastically as I did because I was <laughs> rather forceful about it. And I've tried to be, I'm trying to be more like Ben Carson all the time. And I tell Ben... Good luck with that. Good luck with that. And I don't think I'm going to make... Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get there. Ben didn't either. He laughed. I'm just, just like, be James. Yeah, he laughed. I just have to be who God made me and, and hope I'll be kind. But the point is, I, I really don't think we're supposed to ever compromise, nor are we supposed to condemn. Not at all. There's therefore no, no condemnation, and we mustn't heap it on people. But at the same time, I think we say, 
We don't move the standard of God to accommodate our weakness, our bondage, our failure, or our appetites or our desires. We just don't move it. We try to adjust to it. But I think we have to invite people with the love of a father of even a prodigal who's really made a mess of things or he's really been in trouble. We've got to always let him know we want him to come home, come back. What do you feel, Betty, when you look and you've got such a tender heart and you have such compassion and love and you're always a great balance to me and everybody loves you for it. I know you listen to me because she's sitting here. But what do you, what do you feel about the situation we face today? What does it do to you? Well, it breaks my heart. But I have to, I, I agree with Dennis in that, boy, when God has really changed your heart and your life, it should be within us. We should feel compelled to share that change I can't with others. Keep no, quiet. no matter what we came out yeah. of. And the re- reality is this, if I have one message, it is to the body of Christ. The church to me should be the first place a hurting person, regardless of what their struggle is, should be able to turn because mm-hmm. we look like Jesus. Mm-hmm. My own story is I had to go outside the church to find somebody who looked like Jesus, who mm-hmm. would love me like Jesus. In fact, in uh, the fall of 1981, I was so desperate for help and a friend of mine discovered what I was struggling with and he confronted me in love, but he had walked with me for several years. And he said, Dennis, I don't know how to help you. I just know I know the answer. And I said, well, tell me. He said, well, the answer is Jesus. I said, I've heard that my whole life and it hasn't proven true to me. He said, not like this, you haven't heard it. I believe Jesus has the answer so much that here's what I'll do. I will walk with you towards him. If you fall down, I will help you up every time if you'll let me. I won't kick you. I won't say, I told you so. If you need a shoulder to cry on, I can handle it. If you don't understand and you cry out in frustration, you need someone to yell at, I can take it. He loved me like Jesus. That compelled me to want to seek Jesus because he just loved me. He, he, He knew in his heart. He told me, I'm not responsible for the outcome. Jesus is. But let's just seek Jesus. You don't have to have gone through anything to help someone else out of a struggle. You just have to be willing to get involved in the mess. And life is messy and it's called relationship. Jesus came to build relationships and that's what I'm called to. It's all relationship. It just really is. You have a website, Dennis, that people can go to where you try to offer help? DennisJernigan.com and there's a button that says need help. We can generally connect people to ministries right in there where they live. Yeah, and you know right now we're trying to drive ministries out to where you're even uh, almost being... Uh, charged with some kind of criminal act if you say we will help you uh, deal with this as though it's something that really might not need to be dealt with no matter what you feel. And I really think that the only people, you remember Jesus said to the man there by the pool of Bethesda, wilt thou be made whole? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there has to be a desire to be made whole. Sure. And let me ask you this question. Do, do you think that a person can be delivered and yet still have an attraction? And I have to ask this because I'm... I, I, I I struggle, I've I've said this, we use me as an example. Every time we have something about weight loss or controlling your appetite, I'm the subject. And I I know chocolate talks, it speaks to us. I know these things call, and I've never been able to make it look like rubbish. It still looks like chocolate. So the fact you overcome doesn't mean something has to suddenly become ugly. Can you still maybe have some attraction, just like men who love their wives may still notice another woman is beautiful, but he wants to keep things under control, but he hasn't suddenly seen every other woman as ugly. Women certainly don't see other women as ugly. No one gets to choose what they're tempted by. 
the temptation defines no man because God's word says Jesus was tempted in every manner just as we are, yet without sin. So that tells me right away, temptation is not an identity. I was tempted to be attracted to men, but that's not who I am. That's not who I was created to be. Therefore, God has given me the power of choice. We have a free will. I can choose what I look at. And with the power of Jesus running through my spiritual DNA, that is my first option. That is my only option, and I have chosen that. But temptation defines no man. In fact, one of my personal rules is I don't get to tell myself who I am. That comes down from my father. The gay community doesn't tell me who I am. My past failures do not get to tell me who I am. Only my father gets to define me. In fact, I've been fasting from negative personal words this past 40 days. Mm. I can't call myself something my father doesn't call myself. If I do something stupid and I say, oh, you idiot, Holy Spirit just has instantly been coming to me and saying, no, that's not who you are. Mm. You're my precious son. Mm. I didn't make trash. So if we as believers could come to the place where we love people like that and realize we're not responsible for the outcome, but we can teach people who Father is. And in the process of them understanding who God is, then they discover who they can be. That's as simple as that. And you believe if the church would reach out in love, that people would come to them if they weren't I have no doubt. Condemned? I have no doubt. We, with your telephone number there, if you want someone to pray with you, uh, so anxious to do it. Let me just tell you this. The book, of course, you can get online or you can get in bookstores. But if you'd like to have Dennis's book, Sing Over Me, and his story, we'll be happy to send it to you. Now, you know that we always ask all of our viewers, we ask you to invest in the lives of others. As a matter of fact, we're going to ask you to help us set free children and women from sex trafficking, where they've been trapped, even sold, and they're in bondage, totally against their will. And it's just a tragic thing. We're going to ask you to help with that. But we will send you uh, Dennis's book. And then on his website, this is a phenomenal documentary. I think that just for a group to sit around and watch and hear would prepare you to reach out to others. Do you feel like it would? Very much they would so. get it? What's your hope for the documentary? What do, you, what do, you, do you want it to be something that all who are struggling with their uh, you know, same-sex attraction, that they would watch it, or is it for, for everybody? Because it's twofold. I want the body of Christ to wake up and realize this is part of our calling. And then those who struggle, who feel like maybe there is another way that there is hope. This is just my story. Can't change my story. It is my story. Nobody can argue with my story. Mm-hmm. It's a done deal. <laughs> and I'm not trying to tell somebody they have to do anything or I'm not judging them if they don't do what I did. I'm, all I'm saying is this is my story. This is what God did for me. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that this is one of the things that God really wants the church to learn how to focus on as Jesus would and as he desires to, and you're trying to inspire that kind of an outreach, that kind of a focus on the part of the church? I think it's pivotal. If the body of Christ doesn't get this, we're sunk. I'm serious. What do you feel, Betty, when you listen to Dennis and you think about the things that we're seeing, and really we actually see this this lifestyle thrust on us as though if you're not moving this way, there's something wrong with you. And if you don't see it as totally normal and acceptable and that God actually did this, then there's something wrong with you. Unkindness, something is wrong. Putting people down, not caring about it, something very wrong. But how do you feel, Betty? Because I know I know how much you love people. I do, James. And, and as Dennis has shared, this is, this is what he has dealt with. But we all have strongholds in life. 
things that come at us, and the enemy will keep pounding at us. He, that doesn't necessarily stop when God delivers you from it. You always have to be aware. He's w waiting for every opportune moment just to come and pounce on you. But with that relationship, that's what you're talking about, Dennis, is that personal relationship with Jesus and realizing that he wants you to know who he sees you as, who you are in him, and not who we see ourselves as, because we will condemn ourselves worse than anybody will. I, I used to do that, just put myself down and say, oh, you're just not significant. Nobody knows, notices you, knows you're around. They don't care about you. But God said one day, I created you. I want to tell you whose image I want you to that's be right. of, and that's my image. I made you. I want to show you all the gifts that I gave you and put within you. I want those gifts to be used for my honor and glory. And if we will just allow God to do that and to say, God, here's my life. Make with it what you want to be. Let me be a blessing to those, blessing James to those that are hurting in different areas Absolutely. of our life. We can all be set free in those areas. Well, I just think you heard a whole lot of truth right there. Would you say thank you to Dennis Jernigan for telling the story? And, and, and you could say, you might just say thank you to me for telling the story before he was ready to tell the story right. to the world. We just kind of launched you out there, there into the deep. The book is a blessing. There is his website again if you want to get the documentary and share it. I think it'd be wonderful for your church groups to watch it. Dennis, we're doing something, and I just thank God for our viewers. I feel like we are the most special people in the world who watch what we do because they see God's work through people in a, in a marvelous way and they say, I want to be a part of it. We want to enable the hands of God to put arms of love around people. I want you to listen. You're going to see a miracle. You're going to see a beautiful model that was trafficked that now is a mission minister. She's beautiful. You're going to hear her talking to a woman that was trafficked from the time she was young and held captive, please, please listen to this. I mean, don't turn away at all. Just listen real closely because you are going to be the answer to what you're going to hear. मोमबाती मानस करते तो 
जीवन वाले दुख को देने वाले कोष्ट हमारे जीवन हो। We should be able to see it. We should be able to see it. I'm so sorry. She was taken as a little girl from her village, and she's sitting here now today, so many years later, saying, I still want my mommy. I want to go back to my mom. And all of those horrible things that we just heard her say that happened to her as a child is exactly what's going to happen to her daughter. She doesn't want this for her daughter. She wants to run away right now. We need to do something about this and get these little girls out now. Well, we can't get her to her mom, but we can get her to the father that loves her. And we can show her the love of a father and a mother through an expression of his heart on our part. Betty, I want to put God's arms around her. That was Giselle that was holding her who was trafficked. When she was set free, she went on to become a, a beautiful model. But she went back to India into Nepal, and she went back over where we built, you did it, you built it, we asked you to. We've got an incredible uh, life center right now where we're able to take these precious children and girls and women and, and then train them in a skill where they can make a living and care for them. And, it, and what it takes, if you'll understand, we, we built the largest life center in, in Thailand, which is the sex trafficking and sex capital of the world. Men come in on 747s all through the day to, to find little children. And we're setting them free. And it's, it's a very dangerous thing. We, we have to do what we do with hidden cameras. The missionaries are risking their lives. And all they're asking us to do is just let them stay and help the children and help the women and, and be an answer to their heart cry. And, and we are the ones that not only build the centers, but we keep them functional. And we keep the mission workers and relief workers working. And maybe it costs an average of $128 a year to save one of these children, one of these women. And I think it's worth it. It really is, James. And as I was watching that, I thought, that precious woman, there she is, a young woman now. And she didn't get to grow up in the arms of her mother. And she still longs for that. But she can be in the arms of Jesus knowing him and a relationship with him. But she's concerned for her two daughters now that they'll be taken away from them. She's just one example of what's happening, how they're being degraded, how they're being put in prison, how they're being beaten and treated like animals, worse than animals. We have to reach out and do something to help them. And we have the opportunity, so I hope you will join us. Well, you've been such a blessing when you watch and you see something because sometimes we think we're going to show you something and you'll just turn your head. But you don't. You reach out with loving hands, and that's what we're asking you to do today. I said a moment ago it takes $128 a year to rescue and, and, and care for those children and those women and to restore them and train them. Would you dial the number and take your bank card or would you go to lifetoday.org? So many are going now just immediately because the gift comes right now. Or you can call and take the bank card either way and use it like a check. And if you could make a gift of $128, you'd, you'd turn it around, but you could make a gift of 32 or 64 and pray others join you. There is no level too small or too large because what we're doing is just huge. 
we are putting the arms of a loving father. Did you see Giselle showing her what a mother felt like? I mean, there she was. She felt, I want that so bad. Well, we can give it to them. Would you do that? We want to send you a beautiful praise tape with integrity music called Freedom. It is absolutely an incredible CD. We want you to have it. And the book Indivisible that I wrote with Jay Richards to help you have understanding of what we do to heal our nation. The Thomas Kincaid Forest Chapel painting, it hangs here in our, our studio, it's beautiful. We want you to have it. You help us rescue 10, $1,280, we're able to rescue 10. And we want to send you that beautiful painting. And again, I know why you give. You give to give life. Would you make that call? If you want to write a check, make it to life. But call us and tell us you're putting it in the mail. And please do it. Please reach out and put God's arms around those who suffer like that precious woman you saw and her children. Thank you for doing it. Innocent children created to be happy, loved, and cared for are being abducted and sold at the hands of violent predators. Their spirit and bodies broken under horrific emotional and physical abuse. Through Mission Rescue Life, you can reach out to save children vulnerable to sex traffickers. You can help rescue those already enslaved. And you can restore their lives with hope for a future. Your gift today of only $128 will help rescue a child and change their destiny forever. With gifts of $64 or $32, we will combine your support with others to help rescue one more child from the shame and pain of sexual slavery. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the Songs of Freedom CD, a collection of 10 uplifting worship songs that are sure to become a favorite for your quiet time, drive time, or personal worship. In addition to the CD, you'll receive Indivisible, a powerful soul-stirring book by James Robison and Jay Richards. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,280 to help rescue 10 children, and you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, Betty and I want to say thank you in behalf of those you're helping and rescuing. If you'd like to have Dennis Jernigan's book, Sing Over Me, it's his story. His website, if you want to get the documentary, it'd be wonderful to show. And then I want to remind you of something. I want you to go to stream.org, write that down, and then go. We're going to release rivers of life every day for as long as we live, from the greatest tributaries of love and life and truth to transform hearts and minds for the glory of God and the healing of our land and our homes. Stream.org. Tell all your friends to go there. You'll be glad you did. Join Betty and me in saying thanks to Dennis Jernigan. We're blessing you. Thank you for inspiring us. Thanks for telling the story. Thank all of you for watching Life Today and thank you for sharing Life Today.
be sure to visit stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org. Tomorrow, join James and Betty as they talk about the stream. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.